Hey, hey, the following is a clip from our latest exclusive Patreon episode. So if you're intrigued and want to hear the entire episode, head on over to www.patreon.com slash dark night of the podcast and become a subscriber. You'll not only get access to this episode, but all of our monthly bonus episodes. So check it out. Hope you enjoy. When you look at this movie, it's very much shot through the male gaze. And maybe the fact that it was shot by a woman, it's almost like, I guess I can look at it somewhat tongue-in-cheek here. Um, they were so gratuitous with the nudity. I mean, Ariel is a plenty throughout this film. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling how many boobs you see in this movie. Um, but <laughs> one thing it manages to do is, is while it does really, like, let's be real, it's, it exploits these women, it does manage to give almost every single character you meet, no matter how small they may be, an element of charm and likability. A lot of slashers we see that fall into these same tropes, uh, they often do so in sacrificing their character development uh, in the meanwhile. And this movie does not do that. And maybe it's because that this film was crafted by a, a female. Um, she still managed to ensure that the women in this movie, though heavily naked, <laughs> still managed to be fully thought out and, and realized characters and, and up to the finale. And as the movie does build and grow and, and uh, start to come to a very satisfying climax, these girls, at least the last one standing, the remaining several that were still with at that point, managed to step it up in a way that few slashers, I think, really truly let their final girls step it up. I mean, these girls... For the last few minutes of this movie, they're allowed to fully lose their shit on this guy. And it's extremely satisfying. And knowing that it was directed by a female, there's something even more satisfying about that, knowing that. You know, so uh, I'm excited to talk about this, you know, especially, you know, we're two gay men. So I like to think we can encompass a female mentality when we need to <laughs> enter the mind of a woman for a bit. But really, like, you know, for all of the, uh, the, the tit shots and excessive amounts of nudity throughout this movie... I don't mind it because I think it's really a, a quite a strong, almost feminist piece of cinema in a way. Well, it was written by uh, Rita Mae Brown, who was a notorious feminist, um, and she wrote the script. The original script was called Sleepless Nights. I'm sure anybody that knows basically about this film knows everything I'm saying right now. The script was called Sleepless Nights. It was supposed to be a parody of slasher films. Roger Corman got a hold of it, and they, you know, he hired a director, Amy Jones, and instead of filming it as a parody as the script is they took it very seriously and because of that the film does have just that really weird like tone to it where at times the humor is definitely at the forefront but it's also like paired with this gratuitous violence and this horrific killer so it it, it just creates just a very weird unique tone and atmosphere you know, and they did go, they get, they filmed a straight serious slasher flick, even though, like I said, it was written to be a parody of slasher flick flicks. Uh, but, you know, I mean, yeah, you're right. The characters are strong. Also actually a rarity in the slasher annals because it does give us three final girls instead of one. Uh, the one is kind of useless that what's her name? Courtney. 
We'll talk about her. I, I, I'm confused by this character. I don't know if she's supposed to be 12 or 54. I really don't. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm like, she goes from looking like a child with like a with an angel's parting to looking like fucking Demi Moore in God, <laughs> with striptease. Like, I'm, yeah, she looks right. like the, uh, Donna Wilkes from Angel in the second. Oh, episode. my God. She's painted like a whore for a chunk of this sucking movie. On, but, sucking mean, on a I giant mean, lollipop provocatively. It's, <laughs> it's odd. It's odd. But a child, like very much supposed to be a child. It is strange. But I overall, a lot of the character choices made throughout the course of this film are better than I would anticipate from from a film from this era, uh, from a slasher film from this era, especially. And I do think like, you know, uh, when you when you compare this up against other films that kind of follow the same formula, like a um, I don't know what what's uh, what's the one that we watch with the goddamn girl with the short brown hair that we hate so much. Sorority House, Sorority House Massacre, right? I, I, I they all start to blur together. Sorority House Massacre. When you compare this up against a Sorority House Massacre, I mean, I'm sorry, like there's no fucking comparison. Like Sorority House Massacre, for the most part, is is pretty boring i mean there are a few characters that we liked but overall there are a lot of moments through sword house massacre where we're just following that that sad girl with <laughs> with a sad backstory and and like it, you don't really get anything near the level of character development you would get here so i'm i'm kind of surprised that this film when you think of like the poster art and all of the things that are used to define this movie which really pushed it to be so gratuitous when you sit down and analyze it as a piece of crafted cinema, it's actually like pretty damn well made. 